0: to the Ross Riot! <laughs> a Cubs podcast named after Cubs manager David Ross and co-host Madeline Schelloser and Emma Cho, who are, in fact, a
1: riot! Uh, the energy is high right now. The coffee at lunch, an incredible interview today. It's, 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 nothing could be better.
0: Yeah, let me just tell you. So first of all, hi everybody. Our millions and millions, hey, long and millions time of time fans.
1: No long time no see. Long time
0: no see. But we're going to make it up to you guys. We have some seriously huge interviews coming up. We thought it's Women's History Month. We got to bring back women's baseball, women in baseball series, and we got to go big. Uh, And I think we went pretty big. Yep. 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 So um, our guest today, I'm not going to say her name. You'll hear it in a minute. But her jersey's hanging in the Hall of Fame. She was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You – would know her if you saw a picture of her instantly. She seriously was a huge inspiration to me um, back when we were in what, probably sixth grade. And Emma and I had the chance to talk to her today. And what she said was it was better than, than
1: either of us could have imagined. Without editing this, um, I can assume this episode's gonna be pretty long, but it's something that I think everybody should listen to. We talk about baseball, we talk about race, culture, gender, identity fame authenticity being yourself loving what you do so many different things and I think the conversation was so just organic it was incredible and something totally something that I've definitely gotten a lot of advice from honestly can I I don't even might edit this out I am a crybaby I did cry watching Tinkerbell's Secret of the Wings I almost started crying me too (laughs) I teared up when we were talking to you and then when she was talking about just like being happy I was like
0: oh my gosh
1: Yeah, no, it was just something, some, I don't want to stop. no, it was definitely something that I took to the heart. And I think this conversation was very important as a student athlete, as a teenager, as a girl, um, as a fan of sports, it's a very important conversation that we need to be having and people need to be listening to.
0: For sure. And as we were talking, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, I really hope that people outside of our target audience listen to this. Like, obviously, this series, women in baseball series, women in women's history month episode is primarily going to garner the attention of, of women on female athletes. But as we're talking, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like a lot of people could use to hear this. Like, I I hope the boys in our grade give us a shot. I hope they give us a listen. I hope that the coaches, the baseball coach, the football coach, the girls basket, I hope that they all listen um, because our guest had some, some insight that you're not really going to find anywhere else.
1: Honestly, it's a conversation that anybody can find something, a piece of, to hear, to relate to. Um, Just because we talk about important topics, the adults in our community, the kids in our community, classmates, I just think it's important to be having these conversations and it's important to be listening to these conversations. So um, as Madeline said, we do have a couple interviews lined up. We probably won't be getting into our normal cubs talk as we do but hopefully these interviews will make up for it um for the people who d- for victoria sanchez who doesn't keep up with the cubs unless she's listening to the ross riot jake urieta is back to the cubs victoria are you excited i hope she is
0: victoria if you're not excited you're the only person in the city of chicago who feels that way
1: uh jock's been mashing some homers
0: jack has been literally the best hitter in spring training, so that's cool. Uh,
1: fight for second base. There's a fun fight for second base that we're excited to see play out. Completely. Uh-huh.
0: Nico Horner got absolutely jacked. That's been everywhere. Nico- he looks fantastic.
1: I've um, been, I told Madeline this, I'm a David Bodie girl now. Emma is a David Bodie girl. Not that I, I wasn't, but I just love the guy.
0: I'm increasingly more and more of an Ian Happ fan. Like, every time I see anything that man is doing, I'm like, yes. Like, just, yes. I love his work off the field, too. It just doesn't end. It just doesn't end with that guy. He's like the, an onion. The
1: co- he's an onion?
0: He's, like, with the layers. Okay, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: compound, if you're listening to this, this is the 50th episode. We've mentioned your name, so. Also, may I? Just with the compound? Of
0: course. The compound? thinks they're gonna big league us after today's guest and next month's guests we're gonna big league the compound okay i'm just saying ian dakota zach you guys have like three weeks to score an interview with us before we're too big for you
1: i'm just so true so true
0: we could be the first female guests on the compound who says no Ian?
1: women's history month
0: what? Yo, come on, man! Inter Nora, get on this, bro. Inter
1: Nora was a guest, technically.
0: Oh, I guess you're right. Well, her interview, but yeah, we'll we'll call her a guest. Look, um, all respect, all props to Inter Nora.
1: there's no better time than now to, you know, give us a call. Um, without further ado,
0: let's give a huge Ross Riot welcome to Monet Davis. Whoa! <laughs> One, thank you so much for joining us. I literally have a picture of your jersey hanging in the Hall of Fame in my camera roll. Uh, <laughs> we're kind you, of super you. fans.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. It means a lot.
0: So Emma and I um, have been super inspired, especially as we've learned more about you with what you've done in baseball, in sports in general. Um, and we just kind of want to talk to you about that and hear all about that. So if you wouldn't mind, can you kind of just start with, talking us through your journey with coming involved in the monarchs and, and becoming involved in, in all the athletics that you competed in.
2: Yes. So, um, when I was seven, um, I would come, I'm at the rec center right now. actually I'd come here on the field and my cousin, he played on the older monarch team. So I'd always come to his games and just watch him play. And one time after, after his game, um, I was with, you know, all of our friends, and we were playing football in the outfield so it was like tackling just throwing the ball you know just what kids do um and my coach who's my coach now he came up to me and he gave me a sticky note he's like here's my number give it to your mom and I was like okay like that's a little weird but all right I'll take your word so I went to go give it to my mom that night, and she knew about the Monarchs, because my cousin, um, she knew it was an all-boys team, and she was like, no, I'm not letting my daughter play with all guys, like, that's just no, so I was like, kept trying to get her, I'm like, please just let me play, like, please, and then she finally gave my coach a call, and he was like, come to this day, we're doing basketball, and she was like, All right. So I showed up to basketball practice with a purple and white Hannah Montana shirt on. One of the shirts where you can press the button, like there's a button in it. You can press it and it would start singing. But like, I didn't want to, you know, press that button around all these guys and have Hannah Montana song singing. Like, that's just embarrassing. Um, but I remember, you know, he was saying, Now, you know, this is the drill. It's called a three-man weave. So basically, you pass and you go behind the person you pass to. And he was like, "You can watch. Like, you don't have to jump in right now. It might be a little tricky." So like, I was watching for like two groups, and then he was like, "All right, you can just jump into it." And I just got right into it and just started going. And I think that's kind of when he just was like, "All right, like, you're on the team." And he's like, "Baseball is this day, come this day, from this time to this time, and." After that, he just just kept practicing. And then he gave me – we got, like, duffel bags with our numbers on them. And it had, like, practice uniforms, jerseys, like, whatever we needed. Um, And that's when I knew, like, dang, like, I'm actually on the team with all these guys. Like, these are going to be my teammates. You know, I'm going to make new friends. Um, And that's kind of how I got started playing with the Monarchs.
0: Yeah, we were – super impressed with just the monarchs as a whole i was kind of surprised that i hadn't already heard about the organization um but i thought it was super fascinating just what uh the coaches do and and how you guys play
2: for
1: people who don't understand i guess or don't know about the concept behind it in the background can you explain the how you played three sports with them and how it kind of worked
2: yeah so um from the like the age of seven i believe is like the first like age group around the area where you can play travel sports um, like against other teams. So his, my coach's name, coach Steve. So I'll just say coach Steve, he um, put us together at the age of seven. So a lot of the guys on my team were actually together at the age of three and they just, you know, kind of stayed together. Um, so he put us together, at the age of seven, his son is that age as well. So his son's my age. Um, and there was like 14 of us and you know he wanted to keep the same group of kids together at all times um growing up um so he put us in you know basketball the same group went to baseball and the same group went to soccer so like there was never like we always knew who we were gonna play with there was never like people that would just come and go no one would guest play or anything like we were just fine with what we had um so that's kind of how you know he just put us in different sports i just guess You know, I mean, he's he's a wise man. So, you know, nowadays you you hear a lot of people talk about how they want to they want athletes to play multiple sports just because, you know, it helps with I believe it helps with, you know, just overall making you better as a player when you play multiple sports because you see the game a different way. But, you know, you're using different muscles, you're strengthening different muscles in each sport. Um, But he just thought that it'd be good to just put us in different sports year-round and that'll help us stay out of trouble Um, especially in like South Philly like so easy to get caught up into you know things you don't want to do so he just felt the need that he wanted to put us in three different sports and just compete and you know just have fun and make memories.
1: For you teammates obviously have been a huge part of your whole journey. What um is like that impact or um significance of your teammates on you and do you still keep in touch with some of them or all of them today
2: um yeah I still so a lot of us went to high school together which is you know you think I would get tired of them like I see them every day see them at practice see them at school like you think someone get tired but like at this point they're not even teammates they're just brothers to me so um you know we fight we argue but once we get on the field, you know, we, you know, we're just one, we always trust each other. Um, But, you know, since the, since I first started playing, they've always just been super nice to me and willing to help me out. Like I couldn't hit the ball off the tee. Like I would swing and miss and the ball's just sitting still, but no one would laugh at me. Everyone would just be like, you got it. Like take your time, you know, keep your eye on the ball. It's just, you know, encouraging me. Um, And, you know, since then, that's when I realized like, this is, you know, bigger than just playing baseball. This is like really like a family atmosphere that many people want that they can't get. Um, But my teammates have, you know, through the years they've just been always helping me out no matter what it is, you know, outside of sports with sports. Um, They've just always been there. I feel like we've been through some of the toughest times together. You know, we've cried multiple times together. We've yelled at each other. We've had fights like, it's just something that, you know, a normal family would do. Um, but my teammates are some of my best friends. Um, we talk about how when we get older, we're going to have our own, you know, gated community. Um, so basically like our kids are going to play together the same and it's just going to keep, you know, following the trend that we, you know, we've had. Um, but, you know, I still talk to them every single day. Um, I try to, since I'm home for school, I try to go to, you know, their games if they're playing, just, you know, show my support. Cause I know, they would do the same thing for me. Um, I mean, you know, this past, like, winter break, we have played video games together almost every single day and just making memories, even though we can't see each other, you know, we've, you know, stayed connected because, you know, that's, that's just how, who we are and we, you know, never want to lose that bond that we've had for 10-plus years that are still to come. But they're my best friends, really. Like, anyone who knows me, you know, at school – you know they just they're like oh the monarchs are together like they're we're just known as the monarchs because we're always together and everyone knows like don't mess with them because there's not you if you mess with one you mess with every single monarch that there is um but they've always had my back you know whether it's kids trying to you know bully me because i'm a girl on the court when i was younger they've always been there if someone pushed me they made sure you know they got them back um and recently this summer, like, on Instagram, people love to just talk trash over at the internet, and one kid said something, and next thing I know, I see the comments are just flooded with my teammates, just having my back, and then I don't need to say anything about it, like, I remember them texting me, and like, you are like, Mo, don't, don't say anything, like, we got you, and I'm like, that's, like, you normally don't see that at all, so, I, you know, I love them to death, and, you know, I can't wait to see what each of them do in the future, and uh, they know that I'll always have their backs and that they'll always have my support.
0: Were you very aware that you were the only girl from a young age? Was it something that was always on your mind or was it like you were just there to play?
2: Honestly, I didn't really care that I was the only girl. Like when you're that young, all you want to do is just play. And especially if your friends are around, you don't worry about anything else. You just want to play and have fun. Um, but, you know, we have a locker room, um, and I just couldn't get changed in the locker room. But, like, that didn't bother me. Like, I would just get changed and then wait outside, you know, in the hallway and wait for them to come out. Um, but really it was just just getting out there and playing. I was just another teammate. Um, we just wanted to win games. So being a girl, that didn't really affect me. It only, you know, came into play when it was, like, other teams when they would realize that this, Little, they thought I was a guy at first, which I'm kind of confused because I had a hot pink glove, like literally, like the color of my sweatshirt, like that's the color of my gloves. So I was kind of confused on why, you know, people would be like, why does this little boy have a glove? Just because I'm so used to my teammates not really saying like, oh, she's a girl, she's a girl. Um, But I just wanted to play. I didn't care if I was a girl. You know, the guys would try to run me over, and I'd do the same thing to them. Like it really didn't matter to me.
1: I mean with the even defending you on social media it obviously goes way beyond just being on the field together.
2: At the end of the day like these guys have known me since I was seven so they've seen me through everything and they've always been there so I know I can always just rely on them like there's one kid his name's Jolly he's on the team Uh, we were in the same grade we had the same classes and you know throughout the years you know we've like that's literally my brother so like we've always been fighting but at the end of the day we're just like you know what it's all out of love like we just want the best for each other and since we had classes like we wouldn't sit next to each other all the time but he was always just someone that I could go to if I need help with anything um but that like you you need those moments where you're gonna you know fight and argue that's what makes you family and just to have someone that you can always rely on like That's something that everyone needs, and it's hard to find that in a lot of people, but, you know, you guys found it through, you know, your interest, um, so that's good, and hopefully you guys stay friends for the rest of your lives because you're going to look back and think, like, wow, some of the things we argued about were so dumb, but, like, it made you who you guys are today.
0: Emma and I have this bet going. There's this team in our conference for uh, lacrosse, and they're like one of the best teams in state. Our program isn't great. We're relatively new. We're not the winningest program in the area, right? Um, and we lose to them. We lost to them 21 to three last time we played them. So <laughs> Emma and I have this bet, and I'll take it every time. I say if we win, I boy I owe you ice cream. If we lose, or wait, what was it, Emma? If if yeah. we lose. I, don't know. I owe Emma ice cream. If that we is- win, Emma owes me ice cream. Ice cream. And in- I keep telling her I'm gonna go double or nothing every single time we play them, so you have a reason to hang out with me after
1: graduation, <laughs> so I can buy you ice cream. <laughs> keep, keep in mind they're number seven in all of the Midwest.
2: Yeah, uh, they're oh, a good wow. team. <laughs>
1: but, no, yeah, Listen,
2: it's it's all about the challenge. You know, you gotta put that confident out there. Like you gotta. No matter who it is, no matter if they're the number one team in the country, you should always go into games. We're going to beat this team. This team has nothing on us. So That's that's a good mindset. And, you know, keep that bet going because eventually you guys are going to win against that team. They're going to make some crazy mistakes and you guys are going to capitalize on it. So keep that mindset going into games.
1: That's what I oh, Emma uh season somewhere, like, the saying, if you had fun, you won, came up. I don't even know where that came from, <laughs> but it's just been kind of the thing. Like, we just go out there to play, you know, even, like, yes, you want that mini- winning mindset, but never, like, accept a loss
2: before it's even started. Uh, yep. That is – that's kind of – that, like, reminds me of my high school basketball team. Like, we weren't the best in the league, but, like, my senior year, we only won – maybe two games in the conference but like when I look back on it like when we had our final team meeting I asked the question like did everyone have fun and everyone was like this is one of the best seasons that everyone has had and I was like you know what that's a win for me in my book you know because I always try to make sure everyone has fun no matter what it is I make sure people have fun because that's the reason why people started playing sports was because they have fun with it so making sure everyone has fun no matter if you win or lose that's that's a big win in my book overall. I know you you want to compete, which you you're gonna do, but you can't win every game. So making those memories and make sure you have fun with it is that's what I'm all about.
0: A hundred percent. My dad's been like my dad's a huge. He coached college baseball for a while, and uh, like I would say, the biggest part of our relationship has always been sports and him being my coach and being a leader. And also he's been a huge help with the podcast. He's so supportive and he's like hooking us up with these connections.
1: He'll be listening to this one for sure. Hi, He will be
0: listening.
2: (laughs) Hi Madeline's dad. How are you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Love you, dad. Uh,
0: And that's a big thing about about him. He also was huge on the play, play as many sports as you can. I played basketball um, from kindergarten to sophomore year of high school. Uh, And I just, he was always like, do it all. You'll develop all these skills you never knew you had. Uh, And lo and behold, defense in the game of lacrosse is almost identical to like a man-to-man defense in the game of basketball. So there's that crossover there. Um, But he was huge on if you're going to play more than one sport, it'll prevent a burnout, right? Because you'll never get tired of doing the same thing. And that was... Yeah, that was something that we wanted to ask you because with the Monarchs, you were, like, going. Like, you were soccer to baseball to basketball. You didn't stop. Was there ever a time where you kind of felt a burnout coming on or did those teammates kind of prevent that from happening? How did that work for you? Um,
2: You guys really did your research here. Uh, You know, I feel like there was never that point. No, that, I'm, I'm lying. There was a point where, you know, I got tired of, You know, I didn't want to play baseball. I wanted to quit baseball. And that's just because I'm pretty sure at that time I was not doing well. Like, I went through a long period of time where I didn't hit the ball. I struck out nearly every single time. And we couldn't figure out why. Like, my teammates were looking at me, you know, really closely. When I would go up to bat, my coaches would. And we couldn't figure out what was going on. And I think that's the time where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But, you know, they were like, just keep going. Like, you're going to get through it. And I was like, all right, like, whatever you say. But going from sport to sport, I don't think it ever got tiring just because each sport we had different memories in. Like, I really enjoyed playing soccer with them because we would always somehow end up arguing with a team. And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Basketball, we were always the smallest team there was. But at the end of the day, we always end up, you know, beating teams. And you know, just having a lot of fun. And then baseball, baseball is just—I don't. It's just something about baseball that just brings our team, you know, together as one. Um, but you know, each sport just brought something different to the table. Um, you never know what was going to happen. Um, there was one day where we went from a basketball championship game that went to double overtime to a soccer championship game that went to shootout and then came down and played, like, a nine-inning baseball game against this brand-new team in the area. Like, you would think that that day we'd be absolutely done. Like, we went from championship to championship to a long baseball game. But I feel like that's one memory that my team will remember forever just because we played every single sport that we've grown up playing in one day and won every single game. Like, you never want to have that feeling that you're going to – like, you regret not trying something. I think that's what happened with me in softball. Like I tried it in sixth grade. I did not like it. It was middle school softball. is just not fun at all. Um, But once I got to high school and like 10th grade and my friends were like, please like just come play just for this year. Like we have a good team coming in. Like we think you fit in perfectly. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to just give it a try. Like, what can I lose? Like, I'm not losing anything. I'm still playing baseball outside of school. Like, it doesn't really matter for me. So I did it, and now I'm in college playing softball. Like, if I didn't – like, there was one point in my high school career where I, you know, just didn't have the same love for basketball that I had growing up. Um, And I actually didn't even play in 10th grade. So, like, I just played soccer in the fall, and then I wasn't going to do – I didn't do basketball – and if I didn't sign up for softball, I wasn't going to do softball. So I was really just going to be one sport athlete for one year in high school. Um, but once they convinced me, I you know, when you win, you really love what you're doing. And we were winning games and I was having fun and I felt like I had so much room for improvement in softball that I was like, you know what, I think I want to do this in college. And like now that I'm here, I feel like if I'd never tried it, I probably would have regretted it just because you know, when you watch softball on TV, it just looks like a, such a fun game. It's high energy. Everyone's cheering. Like, it's just a different game when you're playing. Um, so, I, you know, just being able to try out different things and not being able to regret it is something that, you know, people need to start doing more.
0: Totally. We kind of had a question that, that works nicely here. We were, like, clearly you were an exceptional pitcher. And there weren't a lot of girls doing what you were doing. Did you ever cons- – did, did, was college baseball ever on your mind? Was professional baseball – like, I'm sure there were people putting thoughts in your head when they saw you on the mound in the Little League World Series. Like, you she can make it big. Was that ever something that you considered? Or were you on the basketball track, on the softball track, kind of thought baseball would be over after high school?
2: Um, I mean, I never really thought of, like – any of my sports just being over just because I never wanted to think that far ahead. Cause I was so used to just playing three sports. Um, but yeah, when you're young and people are putting stuff in your head, you start to think about it, but like baseball was just never one that I was like, I want to try to become a college pitcher or professional pitcher. I was just never in my mind. Um, and it's, it's not something I wanted to do. Even when people would like say like, there's videos that people would be like, she can possibly be, you know, and a professional pitcher in the MLB, like, even when people said that, I just was like, no, nah, I'm like, it's not my interest. Wouldn't really, you know, want to do it. Um, But I've always, honestly, I've always been just wanting to play basketball professionally. Um, But once I, you know, got hurt in 11th grade summer, and I was in a boot for like two months, um, that's when I got to thinking, like, do I really want to do this? Like, I feel like, 11th grade AU season in the summer, like I just felt like I, I just wasn't myself. Um, I was like, I just wasn't having fun. I got sick during the tournament. Um, and my stepdad, he was like, I could just tell, like, you just weren't enjoying it like you used to do. Um, practices, I never wanted to go to practices. Like, I was dreading practice. And when I got to practice, I just, like, my mind was just everywhere else. Um, but, You know, once I was able to, you know, focus on, you know, what I wanted to do because I was hurt um, and I chose softball, I was like, you know what, that's perfectly fine for me. Um, It's a sport that I'm willing to, you know, go through um, and enjoy for four years. Um, I know I can get better because my knowledge on softball is not, you know, as high as it is in baseball. So I had a lot of room to improve about the sport and also playing the sport. Um, But, I was a huge basketball fan. That was the only thing I really knew. That's the only thing I wanted to do, but you know, things changed and I'm a softball player now.
0: I had a very similar experience with basketball. Um, Like towards the end of sophomore year, I, I wasn't burnt out with sports. I was burnt out just in general, like with my schoolwork and everything. And, like playoffs rolled around and a couple of the underclassmen got taken with the varsity roster and I didn't, and I was fine with that. I knew they were better than me. Um, but it was just hard to go to practice and it just wasn't, I always loved Mm -hmm. basketball and I wasn't enjoying it anymore. Um, and then in the spring with lacrosse, I had this really crazy game where first half I was playing really well I had like maybe the first hat trick of my career and then like 10 minutes left in the half I like can't breathe and I'm like I have this crazy mental breakdown on the sidelines um and that was like the strangest experience but that was something it was like the week of some standardized testing and everything just hit me and then that was like okay it's time to take a break um mm-hmm. And I stuck with lacrosse, but I had to say goodbye to basketball, yeah. which hurts because I loved the program, North's program. Um, but, yeah, that was, like, I had a similar experience. And sometimes you have to just make a decision that you don't want to make.
2: It, it gets like that. I mean, you just you just have to, like, take a step back and just, you know, just kind of get yourself together before you dive into anything. Um, but, you know, I mean, I didn't go through what you went through. Um, you know, not being able to breathe, but like, everyone has their, everybody's moment comes at a different time, and you know, happens differently. But overall, like, everyone has the same experience, like being able to step back and get yourself together before you dive back into whatever you're doing.
1: Yeah, not to make this my sob story, but
0: (laughs) here it comes.
1: Madeline's heard this too many times.
0: (laughs) But um, I think you should be more proud of it than you are. It's a, it's incredible. Okay, go. So,
1: freshman year and sophomore year, well, freshman year I tore my I tore my right ACL. Sophomore year I tore my left ACL and junior year coronavirus. So, basically, I never played any high school lacrosse from freshman to junior year. Um, and then by the time I came back, I kind of had that same moment where I was like, I'm well, I was behind and I was nowhere near the track where I thought I would be or where people were telling me I'd be. So in your situation where people were like, she's gonna make it to the major, she's gonna be number one, you know, like hearing all those things outside and then feeling something different inside, not just because I'm not as good, but just because, you know, I like sophomore, I like softball now. I like um lacrosse or whatever it is. Um, you know, you kinda everyone has these expectations and like, oh my God, you made um, you know, varsity freshman year, and then I didn't end up playing anything, Um, it was all just kind of like, it's weird because there's so much like expectations outside, but it it really just becomes different when it's your own story. And so now the opportunities I have right now are opened up for D3 lacrosse, which is, I still have the opportunity to play, which is still something incredible. And if I wanted to follow Mm -hmm. it, you know, it wouldn't obviously be all about winning or being the best, but you know, it's about that passion that I have. So, you know, I obviously don't know what's going to happen and there's still a lot of uncertainties, but that's where I'm at, and it's really cool to hear your story as well.
2: Can I give a little piece of, I wouldn't say advice, but, so I wrote a senior speech in high school, so every senior had to get a, give a senior speech, or it was, like, some alternative that you could do, Um, so I end up writing mine about making sure you're happy, so, like, my happiness, Um, you know, people put all types of expectations into your head, like everyone—it's just pressure all over. Like everyone's just pressuring you. Um, but you have to make sure that you're doing what you want to do and not what other people are doing. So, like, you didn't play what freshman to junior
1: year—that's
2: mm-hmm. your decision. And if you were happy with your decision, that's fine. If you, you know, if it was a personal decision, whatever, everything's gonna happen. But at the end of the day, do what you want to do for you to have for you to be happy so if you want to play lacrosse no matter for d3 juco d1 whatever if you're going to enjoy playing lacrosse and if you believe that that's going to make you happy do whatever you want to do doesn't matter what type of level it is you're still playing so if you want to keep playing keep playing it like if i want to do basketball and you know softball or whatever and it was a d3 school i'm perfectly fine with that i i A lot of people would have had this, you know, this thought like, oh, I thought she was so good. She should have like she should have been D1. Like she had all this hype. She's overrated, whatever. I don't let that get to me because they're not living my life. They're not, you know, in my thought process of what I want to do. They don't know what makes me happy. They just know from what they saw on TV when I was 13 years old. They don't know everything that happened up to me choosing my college decision. So I make sure that I'm happy before I can make sure anyone else is happy. And I'm the type of person, I like to be fair with everyone. Like, I like to make sure everyone around me is enjoying things. And before, you know, I wrote my speech, I felt like that's how I was. Like, I was making sure that everyone else was happy, but I wasn't paying attention to my happiness. So make sure you always pay attention to your happiness before you can make someone else happy. And even if, you know, like your parents want you to do one thing and you don't want to do it. Like it's gonna break their heart, but at the end of the day, a parent is wants what's best for their child. And if that's what's best for you, go out and do it. And they're gonna be supportive no matter what. But you know, just making sure you're happy, doing what you wanna do. Um, that's that's like one of the biggest things that I always tell people is just make follow your happiness before you try to help others.
0: I think a big thing with Emma's situation and your experience too, Monet, is that Like Emma, your like story with lacrosse is so far from over. Like only one season Mm -hmm. of high school. There's so much left for you. And same thing with you, Monet. Like you had this big break when you were 13, but you're still a person and you're still gonna do amazing things, even though now you're kind of under a magnifying glass, which I'm sure is uncomfortable at points. But like the namesake of your book, remember my name. Like it's important to sometimes think to yourself, my story isn't over. Like I, there are tons of blank pages and I'm going to write in them what I want to write in them.
2: And not playing three years of your high school career, like that's a story in itself. And then as you get older, you're going to look back and people are going to want to know your story because you didn't play three years of high school. Like those three years are like people say are crucial, especially for recruiting. So for you to not play those three years, that's huge for a story. Like, you normally don't hear that when people go to you know colleges like they've been playing the sport for basically all their lives and then like for you to not like I feel like that's a story I would want to hear like so how did you you know you didn't play three years of your high school career like and you're now in college and like how like like I would like love to like sit down and just hear so if that happened to someone like just hear that like just tell me like walk me through it like that's inspiring to a lot of people like just because you didn't play doesn't mean anything. Like you're still on a path for yourself and you're still on a path to, you know, write your own story.
1: Guys, stop. I can't take that. <laughs> no, that's very authentic. And that means a lot to hear that from you. And I guess you, Madeline, but. <laughs> we did have a question about when we were talking about teammates, if you want to say anything about your family's impact as well, because obviously they were a huge part of everything you did.
2: Well, I feel like, you know, my family, they've just always been there. Like, they've always wanted me to do whatever I wanted. So, like, when I was younger, I have an older brother. And we'd be at our grandparents' house. And he'd be climbing trees, running around the house, riding scooters and bikes. And I thought he was the coolest person in my eyes. Like, if you have an older sibling, you think they're the coolest people ever. So, like, whatever he would do, I would want to do as well. So, he'd be climbing trees. I'd be climbing trees. He'd be playing sports. I'd be playing sports. Um, and I believe my mom saw that and it's not like she was like, oh, you have to play with Barbie dolls or whatever, cause you're a girl. She was just like, all right, you want to play sports, go on and play sports. Like whatever makes you happy, I'm all supportive. And when I started playing baseball, um, I wasn't the best, but like my mom would, you know, I would tell her I'm staying after practice for a few hours and just working on getting better. And she'd be like, all right, just make sure you have your homework done. Um, so you don't be up too late. You know, you got school tomorrow. Um, so, you know, she's always just been, you know, there for me, like my stepdad, he, for three years of AAU, um, he would, you know, go to all these different places with me. So like I would always have a parent at every tournament that I played at. Um, so for him, you know, take hours out of, you know, take days off from work and just, you know, try to put me in the best position I could for my future, um, as, It's just, you know, something that you always got to be thankful for. And my siblings, you know, I feel like I don't thank them enough, but like, you know, everything that happened, I was away from home. I, you know, my, my mom would go everywhere with me if we were traveling. Um, so, you know, for them to kind of understand, like, Monet's going away, mom's going away too, like everyone, like it's like, they kind of, you know, take away some, you know, some mommy kids time, but. You know they've always been supportive too. You know, I tried to make sure like if I was going to do something fun, that I would bring them along too, just so they could be along for the ride, and you know, show that like I still love you. Like you're still, you know, you're still my sibling. Um, So like my siblings, you know, they've you know sacrificed a lot for me. Um, Parents sacrificed a lot, and just making sure that you know I, you know, I was on the right path for success, and I try to be you know that role model for. My younger siblings like my sister's in like seventh grade I hope seventh or eighth one of those but (laughs) you know I talked to her about colleges um even though she's still young but like just putting that idea into like college is a fun thing like you should try looking at colleges I already talked to my younger brother about it but he's at the stage where it's like he doesn't want to listen to his older siblings like he thinks he has a mind of his own and that he knows everything but you know just making sure that i talk to them all the time um and showing them that i have their support because they supported me when i was you know going through everything and they were always there to make sure i had a good laugh so my family they've just always been there even you know my monarch family they've always been there showing their support no matter what it is um so you know i'm very you know thankful for the people around me who've been very supportive since day one
0: I remember a uh, part of the book. I don't remember which tournament you were at exactly, but I think it was one of the plans to get to the, would it be the the little dance? If it's the little league world series, <laughs> the big dan- Um
2: I mean, we could say, yeah, we could say that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the little league world series. Um, and I remember this, this one must've stuck with me. Cause, um, but all of the parents there were kind of ready to go. They were like, all right, we're staying at this hotel, let's see how far our kids can get. And I remember a quote from Squirt, mm-hmm. he was running around watching all the games and he said, like, we're the best, all of these teams are beatable, we can beat all of these teams. So it's almost like, and I- yeah, I, I know exactly. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you can speak to this, yeah. but it kind of seems like he kind of shares that, or maybe you got it from him either way, that winning mindset, that that mentality that you were talking about earlier.
2: Yeah, um, I, I mean, so I've known Squirt since I was five, I believe. Um, but he was a basketball guy, and you know, he's, you know, he's one, he's, he's one of those, you know, types of parents. Like, he understands me. So, like, if I know that I did something, you know, that I didn't do something well on the court or on the field, he's not the type of person that'll, you know, yell out and uh, you need to do this this. He'll just sit back, and he's like – and everyone's like, how do you not yell at her, like, when she does something bad? He's like, she knows when she messed up. Why do I need to yell at her? That's just not going to – it's not going to help anybody. Um. So, you know, Squirt has always been, you know, very positive about things. And when he was telling me – I didn't know that, that story until afterwards when he was saying how. Oh. He's like, I've watched every game. like," And he even called it before they even played in – you know, played in the – uh, semifinals when New Jersey played against Delaware, he called it. He was like, you know, Jersey can't beat Delaware. Delaware just made a mistake, but they cannot beat them. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like obviously, you know, you know Jersey's the better team. Like we've seen we've seen it. He's like, no, like Delaware's gonna beat them in the semifinals and you guys are gonna play against Delaware. And I was like, um, all right. But once he said, you know, our team can beat every single one of them, I think that's what, you know, sparked something in every parent's mind like oh wow like we really have a chance if Schwartz saying that we have a chance because Schwartz you normally you know he says some some pretty pretty correct things um so for him to say that that like that's just I I don't know that's just you know really different but it also gives me a better outlook that no one can beat us like I go into tournaments games no one on this field can beat my team like I have 100 I'm very confident in every single person on this team that we're going to beat this other team. Um, and you know, I feel like that's what Squirt kind of put in me from that tournament was just knowing that no team, when we step on the field, no team can beat us. Like, everyone uses the same bat, same ball, same gloves, whatever, same bases. It's just who wants to win more? Who has that fight in them that you know wants to take it all?
0: My dad had this quote, he would always say, play the game, not the event. And that's not his quote, but that he would always say that when he was coaching me, kind of similar. And I, that one was one of my favorites.
2: Yep. That's, that's honestly, I've heard that too. And I feel like some people, you know, won't be able to tell, you know, can honestly understand that quote, but at the end of the day, you're all playing the same game is Like a lot of people don't like baseball. A lot of people don't like small ball, which is like bunting and stuff like doing the correct thing. A lot of people don't like that. A lot of people just want to hit home runs and throw their bats off bat flips and whatever, but we're all playing the same game. Like a home run is worth one run. If we bond everybody in, we get one run, but at the same time, we have bases loaded still. So we have a better chance of getting more runs in than trying to hit a home run every single time. So like, people got to really, you know, understand that quote because it's, it's very deep.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess, well, we've already started talking about it. So we wanted to get into the little league world series experience. And so for you to talk about that, it doesn't even have to be just like as a girl in the little league world series, but like in general, because it's such a awesome and unique experience. So we want to hear about that.
2: Yeah. So i am um, be honest When we first started that journey, um, me and Coach Steve's son, Scott, uh, we did not want to do it. We really – we did not want to even try to do it because we thought it would be a waste of our time. Because we go to this – we went to this tournament called Cooperstown. It's in Cooperstown, New York. And we went the year before, and we lost in, like, the quarterfinals, I believe. And we knew that we were coming back here because we always played up. So since we played up in age group, we knew we were perfectly fine. So like, we want to go back. We want to win it all. Um, And we were, I think, we were going to go twice that summer, but we couldn't go because of Little League. So we're like, nah, we don't want to do Little League. Like, we just want to go to Cooperstown. You know, it's our last, our last summer on the small field. But Scott said he just decided that I don't care what you guys say. I'm going to sign you up anyway. So he signed us up anyway. And we're like, all right. So we just got back from Cooperstown and we were playing in districts. And everyone always talked about this team media and how media was so good and whatever. And I did not want to go to this game. It was so hot. And I ended up pitching and I'm like, oh, like, can this just, can we just get over, like, just lose twice and that'd be it? But we just kept winning and winning and i'm like all right like getting somewhere and then we got the regionals and i was like all right like this is this is all right like we're fine with regionals like we're so close but then once we started winning games like it started to become like a reachable goal like like we wanted to you know we knew that we had the you know we were capable of winning it all um so once we got there and we won regionals, I feel like that's when things just got really crazy. Um, Not just on the field, but off the field too. Like followers on Instagram just started going crazy. Um, People that I didn't even know wanted to start taking pictures with me. And I'm like, that's weird. Like what? Um, But, you know, once we got there, we were warned by our coach that one of our coaches that, you know, things were going to get hectic. Like we were one of the two teams that were, talked about a lot and everyone's like "Nah, you're just over It won't be nothing but the first day of games they have a rec room for players it has like ping pong arcade games whatever so we were i was in there with a few of my teammates it was actually me scott and this kid on our team his name was zion who's those two were at the time two of my best friends they're still two of my best friends but we were just in there you know playing ping pong because no one else was in there and a few of our other teammates decided to come up and they're like, Mo, your cousins from North Philly want to come say hi want to come say hi And I'm like, What? Like I don't know anyone that lives in North Philly, like I don't have any cousins out there. What are you talking about? And I should have known at the time, like, if I don't have any family members that live in that part of the city, why would I even go down? So I'm like, All right, let's go, let's go watch the games anyway. Um, the Chicago team was playing. We were, you know, we wanted to, you know, become friends with them. So we were like, let's go watch them play. As soon as I passed the, like, security entrance where players, only players are allowed, as soon as I passed that, it was just heads turning, people running, people yelling. And I was like, oh, my goodness, what did I get myself into? And I ended up getting stuck in a corner, and I was, like, mobbed by nearly everybody out there. And I thought, you know, the security guard, I thought he was going to help me out. You know, he's a security guard. He sees these three little kids just surrounded by adults and all types of kids. I'm thinking he's going to help us out. Like, all right, guys, like, give them some room. Like, let them go with the – do what they're doing. He starts yelling at us. And he's like, you guys can't stand here. Like, what are you doing? And we're like, "Um, we're stuck, sir. Like, can you help us? And, like, after that, I think my coach yelled at me. It was like, what do you, cause I ended up walking off by myself and I was like, I'm done. Like, I just wanted to come watch the game. So I left my friends, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I left my friends and I started walking and I see my coach and he yells at me. He's like, why are you walking by yourself? Like we told you, you couldn't walk by yourself. I'm like, well, Scott and Zion are over there, like getting mobbed by people. And I had to leave because I couldn't take it. Like I'm not used to that. And after that, I had to be driven around on a golf cart and I was just, I felt kind of bad because I, I really wanted to, you know, walk with my teammates and have a talk with them. But it was just so crazy that I couldn't even do that. Like, I, like if I wanted to get something, there had to be an adult around me at all times. Um, but it was a crazy experience. It's, it's something that, you know, many kids, in, you know, want to have. You want to be treated like a big leaguer. And that's the experience that literally got you know gave every team that was there to be treated like big leaguers. Um, everyone wanted to take pictures with everyone. Everyone wanted to have autographs. You you know, the field was just so nice. Um, to play on, yeah, really, nearly everyone got interviewed. Um, so you you know you really got treated like like a like an all star, which is pretty cool. And that experience I wouldn't trade for anything just because it was, I made a lot of memories of my teammates, more so off the field than on the field. Um, And I feel like that kind of, you know, brought us together and just, you know, gave us memories and, you know, sparked a different bond.
1: Exactly, with what you were just talking about, Um, we were both wondering what it was like to see grown men wearing shirts with your faces on it. Like, like is it, it's very cool, but it's also weird in some degree. I don't know about (laughs) that.
2: Honestly, that was very creepy, (laughs) but, like, at the same time, like, it was pretty cool to see that, you know, a lot of people supported me, Um, but, like, I mean, it was, you're, I'm a 13-year-old girl, like, these adults are coming up to me asking me for autographs, like, I was, like, "Uh, I don't know, and then, I, you know, my coaches can tell, um, and they were just, like, all right, you can just like, it'll be fine, just sign for the kids, like, the kids are the ones that, you know, will stick with them, the adults, like, they're whatever, so, like, all right, but that was, honestly, that's, that was pretty creepy at that, you know, being so young, and then seeing grown men, you know, rushing up to you, wanting you to sign stuff, trying to have conversations when you're just, like, I just want to sign and go, Um, but that was creepy, but, like, I appreciate that, so, if one of, you know, an old man who came up to me, thank you, I appreciate the support, but, like, that was that was that was a little strange.
1: The the intention is there, but yeah,
2: the
1: execution. Overwhelming, is exactly. I'm sure. <laughs> could be done differently.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, if you're gonna send your kid up, that's perfectly fine. I'm I'm down for just. I love kids. Like honestly, kids are my favorite. I love to just play around with them. So if you like send a kid up, I'd be fine. But like coming up by yourself, that's it's a little different. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So with all this hype, right? Like one of the, one of your games, or maybe more than one of them was uh, more stream had more viewers than I think it was like a Yankees game or something on that day. So you're kind of, at least to a point, you're aware of the extent of the the viewers and, and just kind of the significance of this event, of your presence at the World Series. Uh, And you keep coming back to the idea that like, you just really weren't nervous. Like you were just able to play you were able to be yourself how how do you do that like where does that mentality come from like give it to me somehow
2: (laughs) um honestly I really I really don't know I really can't tell you so I can't even try to give you advice I've just always been able to just block out noise whenever I'm focused on something I guess it's just being hyper focused um so like being able to you know, to zone out and just focus on what I'm doing is I feel like that's a talent in itself. And like you said, like there was one game we played, it was the Phillies. We had more viewers than the Phillies. Like I think it was more people in the stadium than the Phillies had, um, which is just crazy. That's an MLB team. Same. Like their saves huge. Like, so that was crazy. And then, you know, seeing them tweet about us, they changed their Twitter profile picture to, you know, our logo. Um, my favorite baseball team is the Dodgers. So, like, like seeing tweets uh, tweets about the Dodgers and, you know, they had our game up on the big screen while they were, you know, working out before the game. Like, that's just crazy. You know, the support that everyone has given our team throughout the, you know, the entire time that we were there was just unbelievable. Um, but, you know, I mean, I honestly, that's kind of crazy to put up those numbers. But, like, I didn't even – you know, think about how many people were watching, you know, there's the stadium's filled, but then, you know, you still got TV. And I didn't think about how many people were watching on TV and to have millions of people, you know, tuned in to watch this little girl from Philly pitch. Like that's just, that's crazy. And it's something that I will never be able to wrap my head around.
1: Playing, um, being there with a lot of teams from across the country. And then you also made bonds with them. Um, do you want to talk about that a little? Cause I think that's really awesome being able to just make these friends by being there, and also, I think you talked about how you played a not at the Little League World Series but um a team from the Dominican Republic, and you got to know them even though you didn't really speak the same language. so what was yeah. it like meeting teammates from across the country?
2: Yeah, um, that was pretty cool. um I usually you know I try to be as outgoing as possible when you know when it comes to meeting different people from all around the country um but you know there was one day. I think all the games got done, you know, pretty early. So I don't think there were any night games. And, um, you know, there was just one day we – I think every team besides, like, I think Japan and I want to say South Korea was in there at the time. I think those were the only two teams that weren't in the rec room um, with all the other teams. So every team was in there. Um, You know, there's Australia. There was the Caribbean team. um, Canada. There was Chicago, there was West, which was Nevada, and then there was us. Um, we were all just in the rec room, and, you know, when, when people first start to want to get to know people, usually you go through social media. So, like, the Chicago kids, they would always, you know, DM me on social media just saying hey or whatever. So I'm like, all right, like, that's cool. And then we were in the rec room, and we were all just standing there, the race car game, and next thing I know, you know, the lights just go out. And we're like, what is going on? And then we just see, like, these little, like, squishy balls, like, squishy baseballs just get thrown around. And we end up playing dodgeball in the rec room with the lights off with everyone that was there. And I feel like that kind of, you know, sparked the bond because we end up going, like, U.S. versus the world. And you are just throwing baseballs around, and everyone was just laughing and having a good time. And then after we, you know, went out, and you know sat around and like on picnic tables and we were just talking about everything and that kind of you know sparked the bond with me and the Chicago kids and after that we started playing you know the PlayStation together so we played like GTA together we played that a lot we did a lot of race car games on GTA um I ended up going to I went to Chicago a few times to visit them to say you know hey and everything I ended up going to um, the World Series with them that year, and we were all in the same hotel, so we were all just, you know, playing pool, going in the workout room, just sitting in the lobby, just having a good time. Um, but if it wasn't for that moment where we end up playing dodgeball, I don't know if I, you know, would have that kind of, you know, friendship with all the teams that were in there. Like, I still talk to some kids on the Nevada team on Twitter, Instagram, and just checking in and saying, hey, you know, congratulating them on whatever it is. But, you know, that dodgeball game is kind of what started, you know, my friendship with a lot of people around the country.
0: That's fantastic. That's something I feel like with travel sports more than anything, just – but youth sports in general is, like, those little things like that that you don't expect Mm -hmm. to happen, but then you end up remembering them for the rest of your life.
2: Yep. That's that's one of my favorite memories off the field was just playing dodgeball in the rec room. I mean – probably wasn't allowed um well we didn't break anything which was perfectly fine so since you didn't break anything everyone had a good time
1: yeah well I, well I just wanted to say when I read that how you played the Chicago team there and then you met up with them again I think when you threw the first pitch that's crazy like you just play them once but then you see them again you still have that bond even talking over Twitter that's super cool
2: and we played them about three times we played them three more times after that so oh, really? Yeah. so that was that was pretty cool, you know. Every we always had to check up on each other. I mean, I still have most of their numbers. Actually, we just talking to a kid from um Chicago team. Like we've been super close. We're call each other brother and sister. Um, so that's how close we've gotten. Um, but I was just talking to him not too long ago. Um, and every time we talk, it's always just laughs. Like always laughing. Um, he actually came to one of my softball games last year, which was pretty cool. And you know, we went out to eat after that, and just all laughs. You um, know moms are very close. They talk to each other all the time. So that I feel like that bond is just we won't you know won't ever break, and we'll always just have you know a friendship for for life. Really,
0: that's what sports is all about, isn't it? That's the I feel like yeah. that's the most basic quote. Like that's what sports, but it really is what sports is all about, right?
2: Yeah. That those friendships that you make in sports really go a long way, and I feel like a lot of people don't. A lot of people, you know, you hear about it, but. When you're when you have one of those friendships, you'll you'll really understand what people are they like, truly talking about.
0: Emma, that's you and me. <laughs> 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 uh, okay, Vona, if you wouldn't mind, we wanted to dive a little bit more into just your your identity as an athlete. Um, obviously, we kind of talked about you being the only girl on the field. We also wanted to hear a little bit more about uh, the Monarchs and their focus on kind of tying education into athletics and and the things that coach steve had you research with jackie robinson and in your connection Mm -hmm. to that history of the sport and and of black people playing the sport can you kind of take us through that and and what your identity means to you in within baseball
2: yes so um you know since we got started um education has always been a huge part um with coach steve you know um he'd always have us bring a report card in to show him if he didn't do so well, you know, you wouldn't, he basically, you'd be on the bench until you you know got your grades up. Um, But he was always willing to help people out. Um, So if you need the help, he was always there. He'd get you a tutor, um, making sure that, you know, your grades are always good. Uh, So he ended up getting me into the high school that I went to when I was in second grade. So he got me into that school. And that's one of the best private schools in the area. And, you know, it that that school it's very it's very hard I will say that um, but it prepared me got me really ready for college um, but you know just making sure kids get the best education that they can get um, is is what he's big on and then you know everything about Jackie Robinson like you got to know the origin of the name where the name the Mon- Anderson Monarchs come from yeah we are at mm-hmm. Marion Anderson Recreation Center but the Monarchs come from the Kansas City Monarchs that were a team in the Negro Leagues. Um, so we need to know that history and know what the Negro Leagues were and know what, like how, you know, people of my skin color, how they can play in the MLB now because of the Negro Leagues. Um, but, you know, just knowing the history of the country, history of the sport um, is big to coach C. Like he treats, he taught us that at a young age. Since we were like nine, nine, like nine through 11, I say he taught us about that. and, You know, he just kind of keeps fastening it down and just making sure, like, if you're a monarch, you know what it means to be a monarch. Carry yourself a class. You, you know, give respect to those that came before you. Um, And it's just, it's really just a big happy family, really, I would say. Um, You know, whenever I'm here, like, I have coaching in, like, 25 minutes or so. Like, I make sure that at that time, like, I'm giving back to those kids the same way that the kids that were older than me at the time they gave back to me. Um, so I make sure, you know, I'm always just here to help. Um, telling them, you know, things about college, telling them what college coaches are looking for. Um, you know, just making sure that they're doing well in school. So he has a girls team that he just put together every day. I see them. I ask them like, what did you learn in school? Like, did you have a test? How do you think you did? And if they did well, I, you know, I give them a big high five. Um, so I'm I'm always making sure, like, I, you know, try to instill the same things Coach Steve instilled in me, just instilling them and just give them the same treatment Coach Steve gave me, which is just basically, you know, putting me up for success and making sure that I'm doing well and making sure that, you know, I respect people, um, that I empathize with people, you know, just, just making sure that, you know, I treat people with respect, really, is the overall goal that, you know, he wants, like, a lot of people will go up to him like, your kids are really respectful. And, you know, you normally don't see that in people. Um, so, you know, Coach Steve is just a great guy, a great coach. And, you know, he always wants what's best for the kids. And he always tries to, you know, show that. Um, so on our field, there's plaques on the fence. And each person that went through the Monarchs program, if they graduated college, you get your own plaque. And that's out there for all the young kids to see. And every young kid wants to get their plaque on the field. So that, you know, encourages, encourages them to stay in school and go to college and graduate college, get that degree. Um, and, you know, soon enough, I'll have my own plaque up there and that'll inspire, you know, the next generation to come. And, you know, hopefully, you know, if, you know a couple of years from, you know, down the road that the whole field is just filled with plaques about for everyone that graduated college who went through the program.
0: Yeah, um, we kind of wanted to know a little bit about your college experience as well, kind of connected to that Monarchs and, and, your identity as a black athlete, Hampton being an HBCU was a big part of, of your interest in the school. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and especially what that means in the context of today's social climate?
2: Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we went on a barn tour, um, 2015 about civil rights um so just learning about the civil rights movement um and i feel like that like there's a picture right there It was actually on my birthday i wanted to stop so um, it was at the 16th street baptist church which is where i believe it was four young girls who were 14 they died um and someone planted a bomb in the church um and they died from that but um you know on that tour, we didn't have any electronics, so we really had to, you know, pay attention. We had journals that we wrote in, and it was just an experience that you really just speechless. Like I don't, I still don't have the words, you know, to describe that that experience that I had, and it's been six years since then. Um, but I feel like that tour kind of, you know, gave me the idea of wanting to go to an HBCU. Um, I've been, you know, my high school is predominantly white, so. And I've always been, you know, a minority there. Um, But I got along with everyone, so that didn't really affect me. But I wanted to go to a school where, you know, I see more people with my skin color. Um, Kind of similar backgrounds, but also, you know, different backgrounds. Um, Just going to a school where basically just kind of feeling feeling like home, really. Um, So I wanted to give that a shot. And Hampton got back to me. When I sent them an email, um, I went to a camp, went on the campus a bunch of times. I had, you know, friends that went there. I have friends that went to HBCUs, and a lot of them said it was the best decision that they made. Um, So, I, you know, I wanted to see what it was like, so I gave it a shot. And honestly, they were completely right. It was the best decision that I've made. Um, and it's, I think it's pretty cool to go to an HBCU, really. Like, my teammates will even tell you, like, HBCUs is just is just a whole different atmosphere. Like you get to really see, you know, people from different areas of the you know country. Um, just you know, just learning history, um, talking with each other. Uh, it's pretty cool, especially seeing. I'm a big fan of seeing you know black people succeed. So seeing a bunch of black people in my class and people that have graduated who've been successful in the future. Um, it's it's you know brings joy to me because. I know, like, you know, the future is going to change with black people in power, especially women, women in power, black women in power. You know, this country is, you know, soon is going to change and it's going to be you know, a lot easier and happier place um, when women become in charge, especially black women. So going to the ACCU is just one of the best decisions that I've made. And being able to play, you know, basically a predominantly white sport with a bunch of black girls is, is even better.
1: Yeah. With um, identity and what you make of it, so race and gender, I was wondering if um, this was something I kind of noticed when reading your book. To you, does your name hold a significant or powerful part of your identity? There was a couple of times where um, in the book, someone would mishear your name when they first met you. They would say like Monique or Moni or something like that. Does yeah. it, do you find like significance to your name and the pride in that?
2: I think so. Um I think I have a pretty unique name. Like I've met maybe two or three Mones in my life. Like my little cousin her middle name is Monet and I think that's pretty cool. Um there is this, you know, basketball player from Philly who I've, you know, met a few times, talked to a bunch of times. Like he DM me and like basically asked me for permission if he could name his daughter after me and I thought that was pretty cool. Um so like really just I think I have a pretty special name so like at first when people get my name wrong I would feel some type of way because like my name is significant to me like everyone's name is significant to themselves but like I feel like I just have such a unique name the spelling and everything is just different from other Monets like people spell it with a t some people put an a in it but like mine's just you know the apostrophe um but Really, it's it's special to me. Um, I feel like there's not that many Monets out there that spell like mine. So like, I know in Little League, like someone was like, you can just go by your just by one name, just Monet, and I was like, that'd be cool. But like, if people could, you know, pronounce it, that'd be even better. But I, other than that, I'm just Monet Davis, really. And um, but like when people mispronounce it, I had a problem. But after <laughs> after a few times, I'm just like, you know what, it's fine. And now, and even my brother doesn't even say my name. Like, he says, he calls me Monique. And I'm like, where are you getting this from? But he's all laughing laugh and giggles because, you know, he's heard so many people mispronounce my name that it really became a joke between us. But, I mean, I my name's pretty special. And I feel like now and everyone, you know, who supports me, you know, knows my name and, you know, knows how special it is to me. And, you know, it's, it's pretty unique, really.
1: Yeah, to make a connection. Um, m- well, my first name is pretty basic, but Cho is my last name, mm-hmm. and my dad's side of the family is Korean. And I remember walking into first the first day of first grade, we had our name tags, and the teacher had written Chow. And I mean, there was obviously no disrespect or intention behind that, but you know, I did feel kind of weirded out at first. And it was a reoccurring thing that people would re- pronounce it Chow. And it's like with your name and my name, it's like three four letters and it just was like bothering me for no reason and then it's just I I do find it special as well and when um I know there's a character in the Harry Potter series the only Asian character in the Harry Potter series name is Cho Chang um so to just have that even the stereotype and try for her to like make it that way just because it's like the only Asian character um I I just wanted to talk about that because I think names do hold a powerful significance if you choose to
2: I agree. 100% agree with that.
0: Yeah, my name, there's really nothing special. (laughs) It is interesting sometimes how I do prefer Madeline, but like with sports, I'll be like, yeah, you can call me Maddie. So it's interesting how people like that I just know from everyday will call me Madeline and people that I know from sports, it's Maddie. And it's like it's two completely different. It's like a very yeah. stark divide from who calls me what.
2: But my I name- mean now yeah. I mean now like when people say Monet, I I find it pretty weird just because I'm so used to be calling called Mo like all the time. Like Mo. That's all I hear really. But like when people call me Monet, that's when it's like people that, you know, aren't really, you know, good friends with me. I don't really know them. Um, but like I try to have, like, I've had many nicknames over the years, like, my friend, she called me Nutmeg, no <laughs> clue where that came from, but, like, uh, like whenever she'd say it, I'm like, oh, it's it's Sid, hey, Sid, um, but, like, there's just different nicknames that I'm fine with, like, my friends in high school, they call me Nemo just because of, you can just rearrange the letters of my name, and it gives you Nemo, um, but, like, I feel like my name is just, even though it's it's small, I just feel like there's so much that you know can come from it um at one point play people on my team would call me money because all you had to do was add a, a Y to it so like over the years I've gotten different things but you know I think it's pretty cool because it you know each each nickname that I've gotten or each time my name is pronounced differently it reminds me of a time you know growing up um that you know will have memories flood back to my head so like if I hear someone call me money it thinks I think about when I was like nine years old playing baseball with, you know, my friends. Or if I hear Monique, I'm like, oh, Little League, when people mispronounce my name. Or if I hear Nutmeg, I think of, you know, sixth grade basketball season. So, like, each time I get a different name, it gives me a different memory.
0: That's really cool. I've I've never thought about anything like that. It's kind of like when you, like, smell a smell, and all of a sudden you're transported.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. <That's- laughs> I miss those smells. <laughs> Especially, like, the spring smell. Oh, my goodness. I miss that in school, but it's all right. I'm getting, I don't even know what the smells are nowadays. Like I just smell my house and it just reminds me like, Oh, the pandemic. But like, hopefully soon I can make new smells, uh, you know, in college and it'll give me different memories.
0: Yeah. Some nice wet softball dirt. I feel like when it rains, it, it all just kind of hits you like,
2: yep. Or I, I, I've just missed like, I don't know what it is. And my friends say the same thing, but those naps in college on those, you know, twin size beds were just some of the best naps that I've ever had.
0: I took a nap yesterday and I never take naps. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of naps. I take naps all the time, all the time. Every day I take a nap.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. So our next, this one is our next question about the title of the, when people reference you, first girl to throw shit out in the Little League Baseball World Series, first African-American girl to play in the Little League World Series. This is extremely cool, and I think that's awesome, um, being thank able to talk to you and you having that title. Um, what does it mean to you? Do you take this to a high degree, or is it something that you don't really think about anymore? Or I just want to know what it means to you.
2: Um. Well, I still haven't wrapped my head around everything that has happened, so I can't even tell you what that title those titles mean to me um and i don't know when i'll be able to wrap my head around those things but like when i hear people say it i think of how cool it is and how you know other young african american girls they can you know they hear that and they're like well she did that at 13 like i can do that too um so i think about the impact it has on other people and not just myself so i'm big on giving back to kids and i'm big on you know women in sports and you know black women in sports like I'm big on stuff like that so you know to be able to you know kind of be in that category and you know inspire another generation like I think that's pretty cool but like, to me it hasn't hit me that I've done all that stuff so like I can't even give you words to describe like how that feels to me
0: it's a huge deal like from an outsider's perspective like like I said Um, we went to I went to the Hall of Fame with my brother when my brother was in Cooperstown a couple of years ago. Um, And I was looking through my camera roll. And I took literally like eight pictures the whole time we were there because (laughs) at the time I wasn't super into baseball. Like I was always a Cubs fan, but I never really would sit down and watch nine innings, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember I eight or two of my eight pictures are your jersey and the placard next to it. And I remember seeing that. Thank you. Yeah. No, seriously. I remember seeing that and I was like, like, wow. And same thing with Kim Ang getting hired. Like all of these mm-hmm. examples, Kim Ang was the inspiration for this women in baseball series. All of these people just make you realize that
1: you can do it, you know?
2: Yep. It's weird. And go ahead. You can go.
1: It's weird to say, but like your existence and like what you do is what, why we do it. Like just to be, you know, someone, or make a path for the people behind us or things like that trailblazing. That's, ex- this is exactly why we do it is because of what you and Kimming and everyone does.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it. But like, really like that's what I feel like that's what a lot of women athletes do is just to, you know, kind of make that path for, you know, girls to come. Um, and that kind of ties back into what the monarchy, like with Jackie, learn about Jackie Robinson. Like he, had that path for us to play. So, you know, I can just make that path for other people to play. And then there's going to be people down the line that are going to make the same path. So I just feel like my job is just to, you know, guide girls and let them know, like, you can do this. Like no one can stop you from doing this. And I feel like now there's going to be so many more women in sports with, you know, top jobs, like head jobs of multiple different, you know, different fields. Um, and, you know, we're going to be a changed world. And I believe, you know, with Women in Power, it's going to be a better world at, at that.
0: It gets me, like, hearing stuff like that, it just, like, gets me fired up. Like, Emma and I... Honestly. <laughs> yeah, we did our, our an episode right when Kim Aang got hired. And it was, like, our, our most professional episode. And, some, like, I'll literally go back and listen to it again and be like, Kim Aang can do it. Emma and I are doing it. Like, I'm ready to go. Yep.
2: That, that's honestly, like... That was me when I was younger, like, seeing those athletes. Even now, like, my favorite athlete, I would say, is Kristen Press. She's a U.S. soccer forward. Um, um. So, like, she puts out very positive things on Instagram. And I try to, you know, try to model that just because I see how positive she is and all the positivity that, you know, people put in her comments. Like, she inspires me. So I want to inspire girls, too, because of what she's doing. Like you just want to, whoever your favorite athlete is, you kind of want to model yourself after them. Um, and you know, I'm I just love hearing you know people talk about women's sports, and especially with like the NCAA, which just happened, like the weight room, the food, and everything. Like seeing everyone speak out about about that, and like basically exposing you know how women are treated. And there's just no explanation. Like there's no nothing you can tell me that you know is going to convince me that what they did was right. Like, they had the same amount of time that they had with all the men's things. Like, there's a time lapse of what they did for the men. Um, but, like, the women just get a rack of barbells mm-hmm. and yoga mats, and that's all. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah,
0: I texted Emma, like, an hour ago. I was like, my entire Twitter feed is this NCAA thing. We have to ask mm-hmm. Monet about it as a college athlete. I'm sure she'll have some interesting things to say but it's it's shocking like that's the best word I have for it it's truly shocking that that's still I would say
2: I would say it's shocking but at the same time it's expected like I feel like a lot of people like expected this like should it, it really like it's shocking but like it's one of those shockings where it's like it's just unbelievable like you wouldn't believe that they would do this after everything that you know people have been talking about over the years like you think something would have changed but now you see and it's like is this really shocking to people like we've seen this happen throughout the entire year like we've seen this happen over multiple years we've seen how women have always been treated in sports um, so it's really not shocking and I'm I just want to see you know what the NCAA puts out like their statement and see what changes like obviously it's going to change but like this shouldn't have happened in the first place like this should have never been a problem um, but I'm, I'm, I, it's not shocking to me at all, but I'm just willing to see, I want to see what they put out and what they change. Because at this point they're being, they're being exposed by their own athletes and professional athletes, not even just women athletes, but men as well, like just being exposed. And it, it's sad to, you know, go under people's posts that are posting about it and see, you know, those spam accounts of guys saying oh i don't see what's wrong with it like it it just makes me like it just grinds my gear when i hear stuff like that because like at the end of the day whoever comments that you're sitting at home not doing anything like you're hating on these women when they're doing things that you can't do um i just don't get why people hate on women like we have literally have to work 10 times harder than the men have to do and yet we're not getting that respect like it's just i just have no words for it like i don't know what what else people need women to do to show that they need the same respect. And the respect comes from, you know, these athletes, they're these male athletes are respecting these women athletes and they want them want what's best for them. They do everything. Like Kyrie Irving, he donated his salary to women that decided to opt out of the WNBA season because of COVID. Like you see stuff like that and that makes you happy. But then, you know, it's the people that, aren't even playing sports that are just just disrespectful and then you say something to them and they just want to oh I'm a huge fan but like yeah. like come on like you shouldn't have said that in the first place like it's just so just just disrespectful and it's uncalled for
1: yeah the feeling for that like rather than shock I would say it's fatigue like just seeing it happen over and over again with mm-hmm. no change, it's just so yeah. tiring. and I think like with what you were saying um I follow ESPN on Instagram, and every time they post a video or a picture of a girl, the comments are just, it's, again, just, it never changes. Annoying. It, yeah, I don't, but <laughs> I I definitely see the theme and feeling of fatigue within these conflicts,
2: so. Yeah, that's a, th- this is like a topic that I could talk about forever, like, I mean, there's just one thing that comes to mind, is just the women's soccer team, like, the women's soccer team, like they've done everything that they they've won nearly everything you could possibly win, and yet they're s- still fighting for equality. Like it just doesn't make sense, and oh, this can go on for forever. But we don't have that much time to do that. Yeah. Even with like the
0: WNBA, like I was saying, I've played basketball forever. I love watching the games and covering the games at our school and i recently was like why am i not a wnba fan like i've never watched a wnba game and that's ridiculous like i'm that's mm-hmm. that's ridiculous i would love it if i gave it a shot mm-hmm. and i don't they like i couldn't tell you
2: they just don't put it on tv i don't like i feel like if people put it on if they put it on tv that more girls would be involved in basketball and more girls would be involved in sports it's just just you know the the publicity and recognition like you Like, growing up, I didn't even see a WNBA game on TV. Like, I I knew about it because of March Madness, and my favorite basketball player was Maya Moore when she was at UConn. So, like, that's how I knew about it, and my brother would tell me about it, but, like, never watched it on TV. Like, I feel like now they're getting better at it. Like, there's a lot of soccer games that are on TV, but, like, you got to start showing those other sports. Like, who wants to watch Cornhole? Like, let's be real. No one really wants to watch Cornhole. Like, I – put on women's games instead of putting, you know, cornhole or something that just, just boring on, like it, like give these women their, their respect and their recognition that they deserve. And you'll see a change in numbers with girls in sports.
0: 100%. And I, I don't know as much about this as I definitely, I should by now, but even with that, you get the argument that people, I don't want to say men, but it's usually men, but that people make where, well they don't deserve it cuz they don't bring in as much money. Well, they don't bring in as much money because you don't put them on TV. Like you see these exactly. posts where you there's you have an audience for women's sports. If you're going to put it on TV, like you said people are going to watch and more girls are going to play. Um and yeah, that just refutes that that argument that you see constantly. Well, they don't bring in the money. Why do they not bring in the money? Like let's
2: and go talk about this. I was actually just talking about this with my coach like the WNBA is owned by the NBA. So all this money that the NBA is bringing in, how come some money can't go to the, you know, the WNBA to help them, to help them out? You know what I mean? Like, it's all about, I feel like right now the best investment people can do is just investing in women's sports. And I say this all the time. I say this to Swert. I'm like, Swert. like, when I get the money, I'm going to get a women's soccer team because i feel like that's just going to take off and just blow up and you know we're seeing it you know slowly progress But like we need something that'll you know just give them a shot and just you know put them at a like put them up here and just see how they grow because it's going to keep growing women's sports is going to keep growing as long as they're you know televised and you know younger girls are being able to see that you know there's professional sports for women um and if you give girls that chance, they're going to they're going to do it. So I feel like just giving them that recognition and just helping giving them that extra boost will just spark a different, you know, statistically numbers will just go up.
1: Absolutely. Yes.
0: OK, so we'll probably want to jump to our 15 favorites here. Right. Um, but yeah. Emma, what do you think? What, is there anything else?
1: Before we get into 15 favorites, we have, it's, it's a super fun game. Um, we, can you just, like, just give us a quick um, explanation of Soul of a Nation and your role in it or what it means to you? Yeah.
2: Um, well, I just remember my mom coming to me one night, and she's like, do you want to talk about sneakers? I'm like, yeah, like, I love sneakers. Like, all I do is talk about sneakers. And so I'm like, yeah. And so she's like, all right, well, there's this thing called Soul of a Nation. They want to do an interview about sneakers and i'm like all right let's do it and then i think we also talked about like movies um it's kind of a blur now because every all every day is just blended all together but um once i got that email we they a car picked me up and drove me to new york and i just kind of talked about sneakers and um i didn't really know what it was until i saw some previews of it and i think it's pretty cool just you know you just see a bunch of you know black people from different fields just talk about, you know, things that are important to the black culture. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, you know, I I fairly enjoyed it. It was a nice, you know, calm, simple interview. I got to talk about sneakers and I forget what else I talked about, but it was pretty cool and something that I love to talk about and I got to do it.
0: And for the sake of time, are we ready? Emma, you want to take a, take to our to first
1: hit
2: yeah okay.
0: hit
1: hit lead off for us. Favorite position to play in basketball.
2: Point guard.
0: Favorite position in soccer?
2: Uh, Yike. <laughs> I would say uh, outside mid or defender.
1: Favorite position to play in softball?
2: Softball. Second base or shortstop.
0: Favorite athlete growing up?
2: Growing up? Probably my more.
1: Favorite part about playing for Hampton University?
2: Playing with people, playing with girls that, you know, look like me and just making memories, really. Awesome.
1: Favorite athlete you've ever met?
2: Um, Kobe Bryant. Awesome.
1: Um, favorite experience as a Monarch?
2: Uh, literally everything. There's just so many that the whole journey was just fun.
0: You know that, like that was pretty good when, when that's your answer. That's awesome. Uh, your favorite thing about Philly.
2: Favorite thing about Philly. Oh my goodness. Um, honestly, I would probably say like going back to when I was younger, um, we'd always come to the rec center and just ride our bikes at literally everywhere. Um, so just, you know, being able to, you know, ride bikes when I was younger, um, We're not too far from, you know, downtown um, near the art museum. So just riding the bikes around when I was younger and how things are pretty close to each other.
1: Favorite movie?
2: Ooh. Keeper by the Dozen or Matilda?
1: Favorite TV show?
2: Currently, well, the ones that are currently on, I would say um, Law and Order. And then one that I finished that I thought was pretty good was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Okay. And WandaVision was pretty good too, I would say that.
1: Yeah, WandaVision was awesome. Um I never got into Agents of Shield, but I guess since you said it's your favorite, I should try it again.
2: It's all right. It starts off pretty slow, but like it gets it gets better. Um it, it does get better. I mean, I don't maybe I was just in a Marvel phase. Like I just wanted to know so much about the Marvel universe that I just watched it one day and I enjoyed it. So you you might enjoy it. It's about seven seasons, so it's pretty long.
1: Favorite social media?
2: Probably Twitter.
0: Favorite professional sports team?
2: I would say the women's soccer team. Um, But uh, them and probably the Dodgers. Two good answers.
1: Favorite coffee order?
2: I don't drink coffee. I'm more of a hot chocolate person. I'm
1: pretty sure for some reason
0: Yeah, for some reason I had a feeling that was coming. Our last guest said the same. Well, she didn't say she didn't drink coffee, but she said she just drinks black coffee.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't want to get into that coffee addiction. Like I'm fine with I go to Wawa and I order like a Hershey's chocolate hot chocolate. So, it's pretty good. Sounds good to me.
0: Uh favorite, well for this is a two for one. One, are you a podcast person? Will you, like, listen to podcasts casually?
2: Um, I, I did. Um, I listened to a Julie Fowdy one. She's, she played on the U.S. soccer team. Um, I listened to a few of them. And then Zane and Heath, like David Dobrik's friends, I think they're pretty cool. Like, they're very funny. They give me a good laugh, and they put on YouTube as well. So, like, it's fun to watch and see everyone's reaction. So I would say I'm pretty frequent.
0: Yeah, I like that one, Zayn and Heath, too. Uh, and then this, like, part two, what's your favorite one to listen to casually?
2: Um, Probably the mm, – if I want to feel inspired, I'll listen to the Julie Fowley one um, just because she has, you know, players from the U.S. national team on them. Um, but, like, if I'm in, like, a laughing mood, I'll definitely turn on Zane and Heath. So, like, they're just even, really. Perfect. And Emma?
1: Last favorite. Favorite hype song.
2: Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh, my gosh. Once I would say, one song that, like, I think is just a crazy song just to listen to before a game that'll get you pumped. It'd be uh, Run This Town with Rihanna, Kanye, and Jay-Z. Um, but, like, there was this, like, Samsung commercial, and Dynamite by BTS is on there. And that song just, is just super catchy. So, like, if I feel like I need to, like, scream, I'll play that song and just, you know, dance around the house. But overall, I'd probably say Run This Town or, yeah, Run This Town or probably All of the Lights by Kanye and Rihanna.
1: Power is one I've gotten to like recently. And Power's good. And Madeline and I frequent Anthony Rizzo's walk-up song. Which is a
0: nice little. It's called Intoxicated, but it's pretty much just EDM. There aren't really lyrics. Uh, <laughs> over and over again. One
2: song, but, one song that I found out that'd be like a pretty good walk-up song, which is like a little different. Just but the beat is really good. Is uh, Slide by Calvin Harris, um, Reece Hoskins, who's a uh, first baseman for the Phillies. That's his walk-up song. And when me and my friend Scott were listening to it, we were like, that's actually like pretty good walk-up song. But Honestly, I'm a big fan of walk-up songs. Like my walk-up song was "Big Pimpin'" by Jay Z, and then um, "PSA," which is I, it was a whole meaning to that one that I chose. Because um, simple, I'll just simply put it is like he basically says, "Allow me to reintroduce myself." And I feel like for me, like that's like me stepping out of my little league stage and showing that like I'm a softball player now. So I'm like reintroducing myself as a softball player. But yes, yeah, those are those are my two. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's badass. We'll add those to our playlist. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say those are I mean on it the-
2: has some it has some bad words in it, but like overall the message is pretty good.
0: We can we'll allow it. We can let it slide at that's practice. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Unfortunately, I think that's all that we
1: have time for. And we're really grateful for you to take time out of your day to be here with us today.
2: Of course, of course. If you have any yeah. questions, you know, DM me um and I'll try to get back as fast as I can but you know this is very fun like stuff like this is what I enjoy especially with you know I mean we're not too far in age but like even though we're what two years apart you know I can still give you know some some advice from you know from just from experience so you know I really appreciate it thanks for having me and I hope you know you guys continue on doing this and you know keep playing lacrosse and you know just enjoy your high school life. Really.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, Monet. We had an incredible time with you. <laughs> and we can't wait to keep up with you. Um, hopefully we can maybe keep in touch. Oh, oh, book plug.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody who's listening, don't be afraid to go head to your local library, um, DG, Downers Girl Public Library. Um, check out Remember My Name with Hillary Beard. Incredible piece of literature that you can all take something from. Um, follow on Instagram. Watch the soul of the nation. Ooh, watch the soul of the nation. Um, but the Instagram handle is Monet with two E's underscore zero eleven. Um, another great Instagram account is underscore M Cho. Um, un- DJ underscore Omega. I think I got them all. Madeline dot uh, S thirteen, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Emma.
0: I really, I just don't want this episode to end. It was such a good one. I don't want to come down off this. That's Monet like Davis you me, high.
1: literally obsessed with me. No, I'm not. It's not you. It's Monet,
0: bro. So true. All right. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you again, Monet. We hope you enjoyed and we'll see you next time on The
2: Raw Triad. <laughs>